Until now, most of our podcasts have been deliberately as timeless as possible. We obtain current statistics, but you can listen to them in any order. This week is a bit different. We're sometimes guilty of a term I've been trying to introduce into the public consciousness, Brexit smuggling, and often have to rein each other in. We don't think we can get away with that today. So we're going to embrace it, and because things are changing on an almost hourly basis, we're going to try and record, edit, and publish this in one evening. Welcome to Sounding Board. Welcome to another edition of Soundy Board. I'm Nick Elliott, it's Monday the 19th of November, I'm here sat with my brother Andrew and we have to talk about Brexit. It's, there's no, no other options either at the moment. We, we, we do end up sneaking it in, um, Brexit smuggling as you've taken to calling it, uh, in most of our podcasts. And let's face it, it is kind of the issue of the day, but this week has been Brexit overload, hasn't it? Yeah, so I think we mentioned a few days ago that there's no way we could talk about anything other than Brexit um, and that we'd have to get this out as quickly as possible because the news is changing every five minutes sometimes. Yeah, there'll, there'll be another resignation or another letter will be sent in. I think they're probably nearing the 48 that they need uh, to, to trigger, trigger a no vote of vote. no confidence. Yeah, um, and well, I think we should probably just keep checking the news throughout having the chat just in case something has happened That's i mean look this sounding board has never been in, intended to be people's source of news but that there is a time when uh you know our opinions our discussion um is going to make no sense at all if it's not topical um so yeah that's what we're going to talk about today First of all, though, I think you have a little bit of news, Nick, don't you? You, you... Well, just said it wasn't news, but yeah, okay. So news um, about you. It is about me. So I'm now a leave means leave business ambassador. So what does that mean? I don't know. You sign a letter, though. It means you sign letters and yes. they get sent to MPs. Yeah. So um, today, a letter went to um, went to MPs. This was reported in uh, on the front page of Saturday's Telegraph. Uh, so this is me and about 200 other business leaders have signed a letter basically saying that the deal on the table uh, is nonsense and, uh, and that a, a no-deal Brexit scenario uh, would be absolutely fine, uh, which is something I very much um, believe in. But this, in, in contrast to the standard Remain-supporting, soft-Brexit-supporting factions, um, where they trot out big business, they trot out the CBI, they trot out big name brands. Uh, this is in general vested interest, presumably. Yeah, uh, and this this is in general uh, SMEs. This is smaller companies. Uh, now there are some there are some names you'd recognise in there, but they tend to be the more famous Brexit supporting um, companies. Uh, but what we've been trying to do is gather together uh, lists of people willing to put their name. Uh, on behalf of their businesses as well, um, to say that it's going to be fine, and so and or, so or better, or, or better, or better, exactly. I mean, you know, this comes down to you and I certainly have always seen leaving the European Union as an opportunity, um, but yet the government is run by a person and others who believe it's about damage control, um, and that that's the problem we're with we're, we're in right now. Well, the vast majority of the government and Parliament. And the media as well are all pro-remain, so they don't they don't see things things like the single market, the customs union, the ECJ. We see them as burdens, but they see them as mm, benefits, obstacles. Yeah, and this, I suppose, I mean, the, the the first thing we should talk about is probably it, it's the government, but it's it's the Conservative Party party as well. Obviously, the Conservative Party is the party of government, but mostly, mostly the DUP. Yeah, the DUP aren't in government, but they are holding up the government. And, and absolutely very important as part of this. But did you, ever see, did you ever see this coming? Did you ever see that the, the process of Brexit would end up becoming essentially an internal conversation of the, Labour, of the Conservative Party? I didn't think it would get this bad, no. Uh, and I, I'm the same. And this... I mean, I always knew there were going to be arguments because half of them are, well, two thirds of them probably will remain and the rest are Brexiteers. Um, and even, even the Remainers and the Brexiteers can't really agree between them. So there was always going to be some kind of conversation and toing and froing about what leave actually meant. But I didn't see it being quite this bad. Yeah. And I, I think I never saw 
before the referendum took place. Uh, it, 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 I suppose, again, none of us were looking this far ahead, but I don't think any of us envisaged that there would even be any interpretation of there being different ways of leaving the European Union. It seemed fairly settled to me, and it certainly did as part of, part of the campaign. And let, let's be very clear, um, my association now with Leave Means Leave is, is very, very recent. It's literally in the last couple of weeks. Um, I wasn't out campaigning. I'm, I'm not known as, as anything or anyone as part of the Leave campaign. Um, I, was just, I was just a person absorbing this information just like anyone else. But it seemed fairly settled to me what, what the kind of offer on the table was. And yet, almost the moment that it happened, uh, everyone started squabbling over their definition of what it meant. Well, even, even, on, even on the Remain side, so Leave campaigners were quite clear they wanted to leave the customs union, wanted to leave the single market, yes. wanted to leave the ECJ. Uh, and to be honest, the Remain camp was saying the same. I remember George Osborne saying the same thing, David Cameron going on television and saying it absolutely means leaving the single market and the customs union. Nick Clegg said it. Nick Clegg said John the same Major thing. said it. I don't remember him, but yeah. lots, of them, lots of them did. Yeah. Um, and then it's only when they lost, oh, no, 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 it doesn't mean, doesn't mean doing that. No, yeah. no, no, there, there are lots of ways you can leave. Yeah. Uh, but this is also a problem, uh, as, as you've highlighted just then, which is of parliamentary arithmetic. And so I've said for a long time, and I say this to, to a lot of people, that the electorate not only knew what they were voting for in Leave, if they voted for Leave, um, which is obviously an argument thrown back all the time, but they just didn't know what they were voting for. The, 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 the people are stupid argument. Not only did they know what they were voting for, they knew they were voting for it during the Conservative Party's tenure. And so they knew that they were going to be voting for the Conservative Party negotiating that deal. Now, they might have thought it was David Cameron, and I, I think a lot of people could be forgiven for being a little bit annoyed that he did say, I'm going to see this through no matter what, and then, and then just leave. But we all know that's not how the system of, of government works here. You vote in a, you're voting in a party, you don't even vote in a person um, at the top. And so they knew it was going to be the Conservative Party. Yet, the Conservative Party, in terms of its parliamentary makeup, is majority remain, as you said. And so I suppose it was always going to be difficult. It was always going to be, even if we had a Brexiteer Prime Minister, in order to get any vote through Parliament, they've got to carry all of their party. And and again, we're in a situation where we've got a minority government anyway, so they just, they just don't have the numbers. And what I keep hearing on the news is that basically there's just not a majority for anything. It doesn't matter what faction you support, what version of this you support. There's not a majority for anything clear-cut in Parliament at all. There could, there could have been other ways of doing it, though. So, I mean, and just to go back to your point about Leavers not knowing what they voted for, um, I think you're right. I think Leavers did know, and I think they knew that the EU was so bad that even leaving without a deal was better than staying in. You know, that, that, was, that yes. was always on the table. Well, there was, there was actually no deal on the table. It's yes, not like there was I mean. a negotiated deal. It wasn't like... In fact, okay, let's rewind a little bit more. There was actually, and it was the deal that David Cameron did. And all these arguments about, well, I want to reform it from the inside. That's what David Cameron tried to do. And he came back with a so-called deal, because it was always... In, in, in his spin, it was... And the, the campaign said this. It was, you are choosing between leaving the European Union or a reformed European Union. He would use that term because as far as he was concerned, he got reform. So there was a deal on the table, but it was for this very, very weak, watered-down, slight renegotiation. Well, it was nothing, wasn't it? It didn't even require any treaty changes. That's how much he, he got. But my point is that there could, an argument can be made that Remainers didn't know what they are voting for. If you think about how the, the EU has changed over the course of, say, between the, the last two referendums. Ah, so this know. is the, it's never status quo. No, actually. exactly. It, it never stays in the same place. Mm. So you could, make, you could make the argument that Remainers don't know what the EU is going to look like in five years' time or two years' time or ten years' time. Yes. You know, Nick, Nick Clegg told, told us that the EU army was pure fantasy. Yes. And what's been happening now? Yes. They're all talking about an EU army. So an argument can be made that Remain don't know what they're, they're voting for. Brexiteers pretty much had, a, had, a, had an idea what was what was going to happen. But my, my point before was, Theresa May didn't really have too many issues getting the withdrawal bill through Parliament. 
Yes. So we can now leave without a deal quite easily. Well, and I think that was that was intended to be the the politics at the time, wasn't it? I remember when there was this demand that the, do you remember the original demand for the meaningful vote in Parliament? Because ori- originally there was no such promise. It was we're negotiating Brexit and we'll get on with it. And there was the pressure for this meaningful vote. And I remember thinking it was actually, if not political genius, politically savvy, to say, I'm going to come up with a deal and I'm going to put it to you and you've got a choice between that or nothing. So they could have done exactly the same thing. A Brexiteer Prime Minister could have, could have done exactly mm-hmm. the same thing yep. and either tried to negotiate a better deal or could have just stuck his feet up on the desk and said, we're happy to leave regardless. You come to us with a deal. Yep, uh, a deal in order to access the UK market. Exactly. Yes. Or, or, or we're fine, or we're going to leave anyway. We've, we've, you know, we've, we've got this act through Parliament. We're going to leave on March the 29th or when, whenever it would be. Uh, this is when we're going to leave without a deal or with WTO rules. We are happy with well, that. that's what it means anyway, isn't it? Of course. So we're happy with that. If you want a different deal, then, then come to us. That would be a much better way of doing it, much, from a much stronger position. Well, okay, so yeah, do we, do we want to get into um, how it should have been negotiated in the first place? I mean, we can, we, can, we can retread this recent history as many times as we like. I mean, what, something I said to you this week was, what would Trump have done? You wrote a blog post the other week about, wouldn't it be funny if the other Donald T was uh, the leader of the European Union? Because then all the Remainers would definitely want to leave. Oh, it'd be far easier, far easier. But I think, um, and there was a window into this. If if it was Donald Trump negotiating on behalf of the UK as the leader of the UK, uh, then it would obviously gone completely differently. And he said, he said to Theresa May, it was leaked or he said it publicly or whatever. He said, sue him. That was his approach. His approach is to slam your fist on the table. It's to walk out. It's to make big big bold threats he'd have, he'd have sent a few tweets he'd have said i want absolutely free trade between them both but until that happens i'm going to raise tariffs on all of your goods or something like that wouldn't yeah it? And, yeah and it would have been attention seeking it would have been headline and grabbing it would have been posturing but that's what you do in a big negotiation um what did you say to me earlier today you you in a business negotiation you'd never send in someone who didn't believe in it well, yeah, I was, I, was, I was making the point in, in the private sector. If you're nego- if you're as a business, you're negotiating for something. You don't send in someone who is not a believer in what they're negotiating for. Yeah, at all. That's rule number one, and that's exactly what they've done. But then, what happened? You can arguably say that the Conservative Party, because again, this this is in, you can't separate party politics from this. The Conservative Party did choose someone who didn't believe in it in order to negotiate it with it. Now. In, in many ways, how can you possibly not look at that as an act of sabotage? How can you not look at that and say, well, of, well, of course they did, because as we've just highlighted, the parliamentary party is majority remain. They don't want Brexit. So they're going to do everything they possibly can to try and thwart it. Which is an argument for why the system is, 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 is poorly crafted. Which system? Well, the, the the whole the whole means of government at the moment. So it's it you know it has too much power. They have the ability of frustrating yes. decisions made by a, yeah. The, you know, regular well, human. okay. So what it what it isn't compatible with is uh, a referendum like that. Uh, big big and and again, this is where the referendum itself. I mean, the referendum bill was poorly crafted. Uh, about the only thing they were concerned about was the wording of the question, wasn't it? That is, that is so. That is very important. It is, but I'm saying they weren't they weren't concerned at all about its legal force, its weight in Parliament and with government at all. They and, and they certainly did. Well, because they out. had they had no idea they were going to lose, no idea at all. Yeah, but again, that's a failure of the system, isn't it? There should be uh, at the very least a convention that if you're going to ask for a plebiscite, that it's binding. I mean, everyone knows that the referendum wasn't binding. It, it, political suicide to undo it. But it's not legally binding. So what's the point of it? If you're going to have it, and again, this is, this is system, this is process, but process is important. And you're saying, yeah, the system doesn't quite work. It doesn't, but it could have done. They, they could have made it legally binding. It, it could have been part of the process. But again, it was the cynical politicians thinking it didn't need to be because they were going to win anyway. 
So I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be a bit of a kick up the backside for, for politicians and, and for Parliament in general in this country because it's, it's absolutely highlighted the fact that the whole of Parliament is not in line with the rest of the British public. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's massively highlighted that. You know, it for, really has. And, and for the people who, if, there, if there's anybody listening who, who doesn't believe in referendums or you know, didn't think there should be a first referendum, if you have a referendum on something and more people vote for that than anything else, in, 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 the, in the history, history of, of Britain, then yes, we needed a referendum. Yes, I agree. And again, people say that you, that the, the people will vote on different things when there's a, an election of some kind. And, you know, we can talk about what people are truly voting for in their local elections and the European elections. Uh, and in this case, this referendum, because it's a, it's a vote on a number of things at that time, even if there's an explicit question. But you're right, turnout was huge. It was a very simple question. There was a majority. Uh, and Parliament's been having a hissy fit ever since. Well, it, it just shows that politicians are out of touch with the British public. And they shouldn't be. They're, they're, they're supposed to be our representatives. They're supposed to represent you know, yes. their constituents and, and, and the, the British people in general. Um, and it's clear. So these, these referendums should, you know, the, the results should mirror. Uh, what Parliament thinks, or, or rather Parliament should mirror what the public thinks. Yes, if it's this, is this out of step, then there's a big issue there. There is, and this is where I have, I've, I've been pleased to see those Remain voting and campaigning MPs who come out and say, you know what, the majority of my constituency voted for leave, my entire region did, the country did, so I might not believe in it, but absolutely that, that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go down this route, um, and that's that's what they should do. Because as you say, this is this is representative democracy. Well, that's what so that's what our politician did. That's what our MP did. Uh, I think he was one of the, was he was he the first? So yes, yeah, so um, we're in Northwest Cambridgeshire. I think we've mentioned this before. Um, and uh, Shailish Vara is our MP, and he um, he's had various government government positions. He's never been um, a member of the cabinet, I don't think. Uh, but he was a Northern Ireland minister. Uh, until uh, last weekend, um, and uh, and he was the first to resign after this withdrawal agreement draft had been published. And I remember feeling a little bit proud that that he had because various people. I mean, you know, let's be let's be clear. Boris, David Davis, Steve Baker, they were the ones who resigned when the Chequers proposals were first mooted, and quite rightly so. And so to me, they've got more kudos for, for doing that. They've got more respect. But I can, I can see why certain people did hang on to see what the agreement would turn into before them deciding whether to make their move. Um, and yeah, it was nice to see that it went, well, that's it. I gave, I gave him a chance. And yes, he said he, he supported Remainer. He's a Remainer. Yeah, get, gave him a chance. It's not what anyone voted for. So I'm off. And it is a, it's, a, it's a minor government position, um, but it's still, it's still making that statement. Um, I, now the next thing for us to do is probably to write to him to get him to write his letter to Sir Graham. Welcome back to our Brexit edition sounding board podcast uh, with me, Andrew Elliott, and my brother Nick. Uh, so we've talked for a little bit about some kind of general Brexit terms uh, for the past few minutes. What I wanted to talk about was what actually can happen between now and March the 29th, which is about 130, 131 days uh, when effectively we're leaving the European Union. Just just to, um, before we get started, Nick, I, has I anyone just, else resigned? I just wanted to interrupt you there for this breaking news that no one else has resigned. In the no one's resigned. Has, any, has anyone else sent any letters in to no, Sir that, Graham, Graham that, Brady? Is yeah, it? That, that seems to have dried up. Um, I mean, obviously, by the time you um, you listen to this, uh, Theresa May might have resigned. Um, but so far, it's all a bit uh, all a bit Q word on the Western Front. I mean, if you're lucky enough not to know what we're talking about, um, so Sir Graham Brady is the chair of the 1922 committee within the Conservative Party. Yeah. And in order to trigger a no confidence vote in the Prime Minister Theresa May. 48 letters in the leader of the Conservative in the party. leader of the Conservative Party who is currently Theresa yep. May uh, 48 letters need to be sent to him to trigger this no confidence vote um, I don't think there's a time limit 
for this. So effectively, they could have one a month for four years. <laughs> yeah. um, but there have been a number. I think I think I've seen about twenty odd publicly. Twenty publicly. Odd. Yeah. Um, a few more have said that they intend to. Steve Baker has been told uh, that they've been over fifty, but obviously that hasn't happened yet because the no confidence vote hasn't happened. Yes. Um, so we're still waiting for that. But anyway, so n- nothing much is happening right in this hour. Uh, but you want to talk about the outcomes and how we might get there. Well, yeah. So, so there there are, there are a number of things that can happen, but I think on, only two outcomes can actually happen between now and March 29th. So the first thing that's going to happen is uh, this no confidence vote. So that either happens or it doesn't. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, I think the next step is getting the deal through Parliament. Yeah. Which will either go through Parliament or not. If it goes through Parliament, then we end up this vassal state of, you know, giving perpetual, up even more control to the Perpetual European purgatory, Union. yeah. Um, if the deal doesn't go through Parliament, I don't think there's enough time to renegotiate a deal before March 29th. So I think if the deal doesn't go through, it's a no deal. And if there's a no confidence vote... If there's vote, a no confidence vote, then obviously there's... May can either win or lose. I think if May wins... It probably gives her a, you know, a bit more clout, a bit more power. But there's still and then the she'll same. Still has to get the deal happen. through Parliament. Exactly. If May goes, I think whoever picks up the mantle, whether it's a Brexiteer or a Remainer or whoever, I don't think they'll have time to to renegotiate. So I think that will almost automatically go to no deal, unless they, unless for some ridiculous reason, they pick up her deal. And then try to get that through Parliament, which would be that would that would blow my mind if that happened. Um, yeah, well, there are a number of scenarios like that that um, I think are a bit mind blowing. But then again, there have been an awful lot of results of votes, certainly that have blown people's mind over the last few years. The the the, the vote to leave in the first place surprised most people. That certainly surprised me. Uh, the, I, I remember I remember being because I was I was contracting at. Um, away from home at the time it wasn't too far it was a couple of hours drive yeah um, but I was so excited and I was staying up I was in my office on my on my Mac and we were chatting to looking, you looking, looking up the uh, looking up the results as they came in at sort of yes. one two o'clock in the yes. morning were you, you I were was in, sat in an airport in Vancouver were you, you, were you abroad weren't you yeah so, so for me it, I was very much awake it was the middle of the day and I had my laptop and I was streaming off the airport Wi-Fi live BBC News and gathering a kind of crowd of people around me who were all interested in what was going to happen. Yeah, and I had Twitter on, I had the BBC website, I had Sky News and I was, I was waiting for them all to, I was refreshing all the time, yeah. waiting for them to update, seeing when we had results coming in. I remember there, there were a couple of guys from Vote Leave who did some analysis and were saying, right, okay, we, you know, before the results came in, they said, right, okay, we need to get a certain percentage in here, and if, if, if we get a certain percentage here, that will indicate that we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get, you know, more over here and over yes. here. Yeah. And we were always ahead. And I remember thinking, why well, no, this can't last. It's too good to be true. This yeah. Can't last. Yeah. It's too good to be true. And I, I think I went to bed at two or three in the morning. Woke up at sort of five or six after only a couple of hours just to you know kind of see the results. I, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's no, yeah, on. nobody could believe. That David Cameron was going to win a majority in 2015. No one, except no one, you. Yeah, you me. predicted that. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't think he had a hope in hell. Yeah, no, I was. I, I was. I was. I was bang on with Hung that Parliament. One. I'd have. I'd have put a thousand pounds on that. Nobody thought about Trump. Nobody thought about Jeremy Corbyn. These are all things that have happened that have defied general expectation, haven't they? And so I think when you're talking about a lot of these outcomes, it's it's difficult because. I still think there are only two outcomes. It's either that deal or no deal. That deal or, or no deal, which I hate this term. Without a deal. Without, yeah. W- leaving, World, World Trade Organization. Leaving, WTO. Leaving without a deal, which then, yeah, we revert to the World Trade Organization rules on trade. Okay, so there's another scenario that I don't think you've highlighted here. Okay. And it's a general election. Now, Ooh. I know nobody wants a general No, Yeah, what was that woman who got interviewed? She was like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> When, when she called the last one, and that was obviously not fatal, but pretty damaging for her. And so in your head, you're going, why, why would she possibly do that again? But this is Theresa May, okay? We've all seen what she does, and she just plows on regardless. 
Now, I know Labour want a general election. That's all they ever talk about. What they want is power. And they, we haven't talked about them at all during this Brexit discussion. But that's generally because they'll say anything they like to anyone that they haven't really coordinated between themselves what their policy is. And in fact, they try to be all things to all people. But in terms of the leadership, certainly, of the party, they just want to be in power and they'll say and do anything to well, get in so power. To, to agree with you, kind of, uh, I think everyone in the Labour Party is, is trying to do all they can to get in power. They're just very, very badly coordinated. So Keir Starmer yeah. will say, oh, of course, you know, Brexit can be stopped. Of course it can, because he thinks that will help them get in power. Yeah. And then Jeremy Corbyn will say, don't be silly. Brexit can't be stopped because he thinks that's the right thing to say to get in power. Yeah, they're just so they all, they all, they've all got the same goal. They're just undisciplined, uncoordinated, okay. and they don't know what they're doing. But the point is, for, for this scenario, is that they would vote uh, in, a, in an act of parliament that would trigger a general election. But what, would, what, would, trigger, what would trigger that act? Theresa May saying, this is, this is my deal, and I'm calling a general election... And it's on my so, deal. So maybe if she, so maybe if there's a no confidence vote. She wins. Maybe she blitzes it. Yes. And she gets. This all, is what I'm guessing at. And she she mullers the next best candidate. If, if she she if comes she in wins, with more power. If she wins that confidence vote, then that means she's got more than half the party. Now more than half the party, plus the Labour Party and the SNP. Let's, let's not forget the SNP, who would obviously obviously vote for a general election because they're just opportunists, that means that, that that act would pass. They need, you need two, a two-thirds majority of parliament. But would the, So would the Conservative MPs who would willingly back Theresa, either Theresa May or Theresa May's deal while they're sitting comfy in their seats, would they call for a general election knowing that Labour are doing pretty well in the polls at the moment and could oust them? So, okay, so what you've got to take into Turkey's account... Turkey's voting for Christmas. Yeah, you've got to take into account Conservative MPs and I guess some Labour MPs as well in marginal constituencies. Well, like Amber Rudd. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So you've got, you've, got the, you've got the Conservative and Labour MPs in marginal constituencies. I don't think really anyone in the marginal is going to want to vote for a general election. So you think... So how many marginals there are, are there? You think... Well, I, I don't know the answer to that question. But you think that Theresa May has the votes to support her as Prime Minister, but not if she was to call for them to vote for a general election. That is exactly what I'm saying, yes. Right, OK. Because I don't, I don't think... Because I think it's the nightmare scenario, isn't it? Is that you and I would be forced to choose between either not voting or for voting for a Conservative Party with a deal that we hate or for a Labour Party run by socialists? I think I would still not vote in that, in that scenario. And, and But you get what I'm saying. That's, I do, I do. I, that, I, don't think, I don't think, because I don't... I mean, so the, But don't the, you consider what your non-vote would have on the outcome? Or are you just still trying to send a message because you don't like democracy or whatever? Well, there, so there are, there are a number of reasons. that you know, An easy reason is I don't trust even whoever gets in to, to either secure us a good deal or to do what they said they were going to do. Yeah. You know, Brexit means Brexit. We're going to leave the customs union. We're going to leave the single market, etc., etc., etc. When it comes down to the deal, I'm not doing any of those things. So one of them, I don't. One, one thing is, I don't trust politicians at all. The second thing is, by putting your name into, you know, by by putting your name against a, a you know, a cross in a box on, you know, voting in an election, you are saying I want the winner of this popularity contest to govern my life, and I'm, I'm just not really prepared to do that. Even if it's to stop socialists getting in. No, because they'd both make it worse. That's, that's how they would that, make it, but they would make it more worse. But I'm still, I'm still <laughs> by voting. You're still saying, please govern me, please rule my life, and I'm not prepared to do that. I think if enough people didn't do that, politics would have to change. And it's not like there's. I know we've mentioned him a couple of times, but some, someone like Lee Rowley, for example, who's a proper liberal. Yes, and you, if, you know, if he was in charge, you could actually say, you know what, he's going to he's going to make the country better. He's going to reduce the size of government, and you know, he's not going to rule people's lives like they are ruled now. There'll be less regulation. There'll be you know, there'll be less bureaucracy, and you can actually see him doing stuff. Uh, Douglas Carswell was 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 someone like that in the mm. past as well. Unfortunately, he's not an MP anymore. 
they're like the only guys who I can actually see improving things. So anyone else, you're still voting to make things worse. It might not be as worse, but you're still pinning your name against something that's worse. So I probably still wouldn't vote against that. That's, that's why Brexit was a bit different, because you're not voting to be ruled on. You're voting to kind of reduce the size of government. Well, that was to, re to take away the rule. Exactly. Yes. So I can, you know, I'm, I'm fine voting on that. But actually putting my name and say, yeah, please govern me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't think so. Unless it was an exceptional candidate, it, you know, it'd take a lot to change my mind. Mm. And they were very, you know, it's not like the Conservative Party are full of classical liberals. No. Like, well, this is the even, back, even back in the day, you know, you had the obviously, you know, Thatcher was pretty, was, was reasonable. Uh, yeah, Lawson. Yeah, you know you can you know you can stand behind what he did to the you know to the to, to, to the, the budget and to the economy, but that these people aren't around today in any party, not just the Conservatives in any party at all. Well, if they are, they're they're keeping very quiet, aren't they? Mm. I mean, what I saw, um, and I haven't read any of the articles, but obviously what happens in this situation, and we've seen it time and again, uh, as soon as uh, certainly as soon as Theresa May comes out with with something, whether it's a major speech or in this case, a draft withdrawal agreement. And I say Theresa May, the EU wrote this, but of course, she, of course, she, yeah, she's yeah. come forward with this draft agreement, is that you, you obviously get the, um, the, 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 the rebuttals from your, your Boris Johnson's and your David Davis, and they go and write in all the papers saying how bad a deal it is. But also the senior ministers, the cabinet members start coming out and they start writing in favor of it. And we've had people like Sajid Javid, who was a, a reluctant Remainer? I think I think he well. Let me let me let me let me let me say what I think about about him, which is, I think he thought it was politically the right thing to do. I, th I think I he's think, a lever. I think he tries to see which way the, the yes, wind's blowing. I think he wants to win, and I think he calls it badly, and so I think he's just he's just being a politician, uh, but not very good one, and he's been out. He's he's written an article uh, in in favour. And other cabinet members have as well. Do you think, oh, really? I mean, and then, you know, let's, if we want to talk about factions, then obviously you've got still, what the hell is Michael Gove still doing sat there, let alone Andrea Ledsom? At least Dominic Raab finally quit. Although, again, Dominic so Raab, I, I don't, he quit. I, I don't understand Raab's position. I really don't understand it. He immediately said that he supported her. Well, why aren't you still there then? He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't in all conscience get on the plane and sign that deal. But what? We should still support her in her deal? Did you did you hear? It wasn't just a plane. Did you hear about this? No. Okay, so uh, they wanted this to be some like a movie-like entrance into the EU to right. uh, you know to sign this deal. So they they arranged for him to leave the cabinet very very early, fly across the channel in a helicopter, and then land and then present the deal to the EU. They wanted no. it to like, like the opening of a film. They'd fly across in a helicopter. Yeah, so they they ranged it, and he said, "No, I'm 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 really not doing that." So they then, wanted to add some Hollywood. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To that it. was the whole thing. They arranged for him to fly over in a helicopter. He said, "I'm I'm, I'm not doing that." They said, "Okay, okay, okay. Just take take a bit of time to think about it. We'll arrange a plane in a couple of hours' time." And he's, "No, I still I still can't do it." So he, you know, he he, he didn't do it. They didn't have the the you know the, the Hollywood entrance into the yeah. EU presenting the deal. But I I don't understand his position. So he says, "I can't support the deal." But I can support Theresa May. Those those things are too are so tightly. The deal coupled. is her. How can you support her without supporting the deal? And I if you support know. her, how do you expect another deal to get through while still supporting her? Well, she is so attached to that deal. And I don't and I don't understand the politics of. I mean, there's the so-called gang of five, as they're being reported. Um, I mean, I don't know whether they've shared a pizza this week. But I'm not sure. The only good thing to come out of that the is going to be the Eni Blanton gags that we can make out of it. That's that, that's yeah. It. Yeah, five dither over, over a decision. Yeah, but at least and the, and this, I think the thing for me is when I when I when I when I read stuff uh, and hear stuff on the news, there are these fleeting moments where you go, oh yes, that's it, do that. That's a great idea. I can see what you're going to do there, and then they never do it. So, Michael Gove for that for those few hours where there was the rumor out there that Michael Gove had been offered the position of Brexit secretary, which I think is pretty clear that he was. And then the rumour came out that he'd said, only if I can renegotiate the deal. And there's that moment you go, oh, this is what Go this is why Go's been hanging on for this entire time. He's been playing the long game. He's been playing the long game for the Leave camp, and he's there and he's finally gonna go, right, this is it, I'm gonna do this. 
And he's got two sides. Either she says yes, which I don't think she could possibly do, but either she says yes, in which case he does and renegotiate and take away, try and take away all the, all the stupid stuff. Or she says no, in which case he says, right, I'm off and I'm taking down your premiership with me because I'm taking these other ministers with me because they'll follow me because that's just what they do. But he didn't do that thing. He said, no, I won't take it unless you do this. She went, no, and he went, all right then. I know, but political opportunities missed again and again and again. I don't e- understand. Even it. if he'd have, t- even if she'd have said, "You can renegotiate the deal," and he'd have accepted it, he's already he's already coming in favour of checkers and on a number of occasions. So he'd have had to have kind of backtracked on what he'd said in the past couple of months as well. He's just not Michael his hand Gove backtrack. What like saying he's never going to run for the leadership of the of the party and he didn't want to be right, Prime Minister. Just, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the whole... He, he's, he just doesn't... He's, he's unfortunately... Not very and I, you, you know I've always loved Gove. He's completely untrustworthy. <laughs> Isn't he? And that's saying something for a politician. But I also think he's just no good at the politics anymore. I used to rate him as a politician. I just don't think he's any good at the politics I know, anymore. See, that's, that's what I don't like about him. I don't think he's really canny. I don't no. think he's really canny with the politics. No, and I don't think the, the likes of Jeremy Hunt and Sajid Javid and, and all the others are either. I still don't Jeremy know Jeremy Hunt, I think, is, is good at politics. He yeah, still manages he's... to position himself... I don't agree with him on, on, on most things. I'm almost, with you. Almost I've everything. always, I've always he, been he impressed He always manages with him. to position himself in just the right place. Very long-running health secretary, which is a proper poison chalice, it isn't is. it? It is. It is. Uh, so I, no, I agree with secretary. you. I think he's impressive. I remember seeing him um, versus Alistair Campbell back in the day uh, and thinking, you've got something. Totally. And in fact... He has a little bit of respect for me for being a Remain voter and then saying, if it happened today, I'd vote leave. Uh, even, if, even if he doesn't believe it, it's the right thing to say. Yeah. Um, but where, you know, why, is, why is Liz Truss still in the government? You know, she, she was one of the ones who launched Freer and these other, these other initiatives. She comes out and she starts saying the right things again. From, you, know, you talk about trying to find a classical liberal. Liz Truss says a lot of these things. Yeah, she's still a member of the cabinet. What are they doing? And Aunt Andrea Leadsom, I mean, Chris Grayling, had, you know, he could trip over and fall out of the cabinet. As far as I'm concerned, that, that would be the way, he, the way he does it. Liam Fox loves a ministerial car, albeit why he thinks voting for this deal means that he gets to keep it because there's no point in a trade department is beyond me. I just don't think any of them are seeing the politics. And it, are we just too naive... Or, you know, are we, are we missing something? We're either missing something or we're cleverer than they are. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure what it is. We're clever, aren't we? Uh, I'd like to think so, but, you know, you never know. You yeah. Never know. Um, I mean, it's it. So it is It is easier for us to look at these things from they're a position stuck in the bubble, of objectivity, yeah. which they can't do. Yeah, they're stuck um, in the Westminster bubble. There's a lot of Westminster bluff and bluster that they have to content with there is there is right i need a drink let's rest rest wrap up this segment you're listening to saudi board remember you can subscribe to us at saudiboard.com or on your favorite podcast app welcome back to sounding board now nick you made a very good point when we were just pouring ourselves a, a couple of scotches earlier in that we are not just relying on the British Parliament to get this deal through. No. We're also relying on the 27 remaining EU states to vote it through as well. Yes, this, this is a two-sided deal. Um, and you know the deal has been drafted by the EU and it's very one-sided in favour of their power and control. Well, the, yeah, as, as, as George Osborne quite cannily put, they're taking They're back taking control. back control, not us. But we're in a, we're in a walloon situation. Oh, uh, you're talking about, is it a Canada deal that they, they were kind of half, almost scuppered? And for those who don't know, this is a region uh, in Belgium. And so Belgium, we, we love the Belgians and their ability to form a government, don't we? Um, because, it's, because they never do. Because they never do, because it's the civil service that run the place, rather than their elected representatives, because they can just never get together and make a government. But their, their process, their internal system um, of government and how they want to be represented even at the EU level uh, is such they have to go back to their regions um, to vote for anything that, that, that comes their way. So a, a treaty change or, or whatever. So for the Canada deal, 
I mean, the, the much-vaulted Canada deal, the trade deal with Canada and the EU, that is supposed to be a kind of blueprint for something that we might want with some pluses on the end. Because this is, this is the new notation, isn't it? Of is course you, it is. You put, you put one plus on or a minus on for something you think is better or worse, but based on, based on that, and you put lots of pluses on, and then no one's actually put lots of minuses on. But you see, I would consider this withdrawal agreement to be checkers minus minus minus. As opposed to Canada plus plus plus. Well, it, so it always makes me think of Orwell. You know, this is double plus good. This one. Double plus good. Yes. And it, it's, and that's exactly uh, what I, it I is. Don't, I don't know if that's deliberate or not, but it, it just it's, it's, it's all, just the way it's, it's going, Orwellian, isn't it? It's Orwellian. It is Orwellian. So anyway, the Walloons. I was talking about the Walloons. So they delayed. They didn't stop. They delayed the Canada trade deal from being signed. The rest of the EU twenty seven wanted it, and then Belgium went. Hang on a minute. Just got to go and ask the Walloons. Uh, I'm sorry, I just like saying Walloons. And, and then they went, no, not if it's going to be like this, and I want to make some changes. And they, they talked them down, I think. They may have written some minor, minor, minor amendment in that was absolutely fine. But they like to exercise their power, even if it's just to get attention. They like to do that. That's, um, that's one of the problems with power, isn't it? One of the problems with power. And it's just why it takes the EU so long to, to negotiate any kind of trade deal. Exactly. But as, as, you know, as we're recording, the, the headlines are that... It's actually the EU nations now that are coming up saying they don't like this deal. So the individual EU nations. You've got, exactly. You've got Spain having a problem over Gibraltar, because they always do. Um, and then you've got France and the Netherlands and Belgium also raising various concerns as well. Well, so they've got concerns about fishing, haven't they? And then they fishing rights. Fish they, want, they want to continue to fish in our waters, uh, which again is obviously something that's very important to, to leave supporters over here. Um, interestingly, the French have got a problem with the, the potential length of the so-called transition period. I mean, I have a great deal of a problem with that as well, because it's completely open-ended and designed for them not to come up with anything positive as a trade deal, because it would be better for them if we were stuck in transition forever. Um, it's, a, it's a massive perverse incentive for them to just keep prolonging it. Exactly, which is, why it's a, which is why it's a stupid deal. But we're, we're in a situation where you know, you've laid out uh, a lot of the options uh, or a lot of the outcomes that could happen here in the UK. So I think, there are, I think there are lots of paths and only two outcomes, one of which is checkers minus, 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 or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> yeah. Theresa May's latest deal, yeah. or leaving without a deal and, yes. and WTO rules. Um, but what you're saying is that you can throw in all the rest of the EU nations into that and still end up with the same two outcomes. I think so. I think so. Although, from what you're saying, this makes leaving without a deal slightly more likely, which is, I guess is, is good from our point of view because there's, we've been really the happy with, without a deal. For there, there's the possibility that, that you haven't got there, which is, uh, I'm, just, I'm just laying out now, which is that our parliament does vote for the deal but we still end up with no deal. Yes. And that was a scenario you, you hadn't, I don't think, foreseen. No, I hadn't. I hadn't. Um, and that would, you know, as much as I, I wouldn't like a, the, you know, the, the British Parliament to, to, to vote for that, if they voted for it and the EU voted it down, I'd still be reasonably happy. Happy days? Yeah. I just, yeah, no, I don't, I don't I just, want this deal. I, I don't know about you, I just want to leave. Yes. And I'm, I'm fine with leaving on WTO rules, I'm fine with leaving the Customs Union, leaving the ECJ, leaving the single market. And, you know, we'll have time to make a deal and make a free well, trade let them, deal. Well, let them line. come to us. But exactly. They, want, they want to sell to us, us their BMWs and their champagne. So let them come to us. That, again, this would have been how a negotiator would have. Well, this should have been what we did on June 24th, 2016. Submit Article 50. Yeah. Get an act through Parliament. You know, the same way Theresa May did, but just do it a lot sooner, saying Straight we're going to leave. We, we, we'll try. No fights in the we Supreme will, Court. We, we will try to get a deal. Um, but we need to leave regardless, uh, and then just don't really try to get a deal. Just say, look, you come to us with a deal, and then, yeah. or, you know, come June the twenty third, you know, this year it would have been. Yes. We leave the we leave the EU. So come to us with a deal, or, or we're leaving without a deal, and we're fine with that. Yeah. That would have been the way I I would have negotiated. Yeah, I agree. Right. Let's just bring this back down to earth for a moment. Uh, we've kind of agreed. We've been talking about. 45 minutes or thereabouts about what can happen and we've boiled it down to the time between now and March 29th as deal or no deal. So what do you think is going to happen? You're asking me deal or no deal? I am. Can I ask the audience? Wrong show. 
Right. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> okay, so I... I think your position is clearer than mine. Okay, so my, I think we are... We're going to get the deal. I think I think Theresa May is unlikely... I think they're unlikely to get the 48 letters to produce the vote of no confidence. So you think the no confidence vote is probably not going to happen? Probably not going to happen. Even if it does happen, I can see Theresa May winning it and becoming a bit stronger. Yeah. I think that there are enough people in the Labour backbenches to go against Jeremy Corbyn and vote for the deal. So I, I can see it going through. Now, part of that is probably me trying to, you know, and I'm trying to look objectively and I know I want the deal not to win. You're lowering I, your own expectations. I think I'm lowering my own expectations. I think that's what I'm doing. So that if, if it goes against that and the deal gets voted down and we end up leaving and ending up on WTO rules... I'll be happy as opposed to getting my own hopes up. I think yeah. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. But I, I, I see the deal going through. What about you? For, for me, I, I can't help but keep spinning out all sorts of weird and wonderful scenarios about this. And I, I, used, to, I used to be quite good. I used to have a quite good track record of predicting elections. Uh, and then that all ended in 2017 where it all just crashed and burned. Um, and... I keep thinking about whether or not they'll end up extending Article 50. I keep thinking about whether or not the EU will come back with something else at the last minute and make the deal even worse. So how do they extend Article 50? Because I think, I think Article 50 mentions two years. and presumably It, it can be extended with the agreement, I think, of a majority or all, I can't remember the specifics, of the member states, which... it. it it, it always used us. to be. It always used to be as simple as saying that that would be the the EU twenty seven you know, council of ministers, the leaders. Since Gina Miller took the government to court, and then we ended up you know, the government ended up losing a vote on whether or not it needed Parliament to trigger Article fifty. Which I read so much and listened to so much, you know, learned opinion on that not needing to be the case, and the government lost that. So but it, was, it, was, it, was an, it was an interpretation of some very woolly law exactly. that had zero precedent. But even if I, you know, you, you talk about there being a majority in Parliament for Theresa May's deal, and I think there'd be a majority in Parliament for extending the Article Fifty negotiation period. Now, yes, there also has to be the agreement of the EU twenty-seven member states. That, that, that scenario is exactly the same for this draft withdrawal agreement. You need the agreement of this parliament and you need the agreement of the, um, of the other EU27. So I think it's, it's at least possible that this period gets extended. And I think that the reason a lot of Remainers in the parliament, in our parliament, would vote for it is because they see it as an opportunity to eventually get their second vote. And I think that's something that we should be thinking about as well. I, so I think I think that if they had to get an extension to Article 53 Parliament, I think that would happen. But in order for that to happen, that's another scenario where both perhaps we vote down the deal or the British Parliament votes down the deal and the EU votes down the deal. So neither and, are and happy. Then, and and, then and none say, of them want to no deal, so we extend our membership of the EU. Yes. So actually now you're thinking about it, it's quite a strong possibility, isn't it? Reasonably likely. Yeah. And this is why it's not as simple as no deal or the withdrawal bill, I don't think. And I think... Well, my, my point was no deal or the withdrawal bill um, by March 29th. Yeah. Well, I think there's a possibility that... So there's the third way. The third option is yeah. extending Article 50. Yeah. That we get so close that there's a, a, a sudden agreement to extend Article 50... And that would happen. The EU twenty seven would come in very late in the day with that, and all say yes, we agree to it. Theresa May would call a vote and get an extension. You say late in the day. I don't think they can they can leave it that long because we'd have to get that through Parliament. And I know you're yeah. saying that you know legally we might not have to, and the law's very woolly. I think it would probably be political suicide for Theresa May to try and do that on her own. Um, so I think they'd have to get. That extension through because Parliament, of the judicial and that review. takes time, and they'd have to get yeah. that done pretty soon. I, and I think you're right because Article 50 was ultimately triggered by an Act of Parliament. I think the extension to it, I think it has precedent, precedent now. There. Yes. Yeah, it does have precedent now. Uh, yeah, regardless of whether or not our Attorney General did a very good job of arguing it or not, um, I think I think you're right. The to- the clock is ticking, um, as Barnier likes to say. Um, and so that's that. There's a time limit on that as well. It, 
the EU do like to come in literally in the middle of the night with the, with the, with a change to the deal. I mean, we've seen that in Greece and wherever else. Um, but the clock is ticking on our podcast as well. I know I haven't specifically answered your deal or no deal question. I know what I want, but I think it's very, very unlikely. I think we are in purgatory for some time What's to come. What's unlikely? Deal is unlikely or what we want is unlikely? Yeah, no deal is unlikely. I think, I think even though there are indicators that nothing can get passed in Parliament and therefore the default position is to leave without a deal... Um, I, th- I think something will come that we haven't particularly thought about. Or I think it's one of these scenarios. I think that's where, that that's where, that's where I'm coming from as well. Because if you looked at it statistically, you'd have to say, well, of course, there's going to be no deal because that's the default. And there are so many things that can scupper this. And if yeah. any one of them happens, we get a no deal. And because the time is very short. But I just think there are, there, you know, there'll be some option that we either haven't thought about. Yes. Or Parliament will, will skew it in, in, in some way, shape or form and end up getting their own way. So I think it's going to be some yeah. kind of a bad deal. Yeah. Uh, and if we do end up with something resembling this, you know, checkers slash withdrawal agreement deal that's been put on the table in the last week, uh, that uh, my, my prediction after that happens... Uh, is that we end up in this transition period, you know, until Kingdom Come. If if we then spin that forward longer than the, the couple of years that it's supposed to be, then suddenly we end up close to the actual five-year term of the Fixed Term Parliaments Act. You don't need an Act of Parliament to get the general election happening. It does happen. And then because it's dragged on, because it's dragged on for longer than this transition period was going to be. Theresa May comes back and says, well, obviously this was going to be complicated. Obviously it's been a bit more difficult. I'm, I'm obviously the end game here. Is this a wonderful, wonderful deal that I still haven't been able to deliver for you? Just give me a bit more time. But everyone will be really disillusioned by that at that point, And then it really will be the opportunity of the Labour Party. Well, she'll to try to swing it like you don't change a wartime prime minister. Um, she'll put put that spin on it we're in the middle of these important negotiations but like I say I think she'll be be history by then I think the only thing we really know after discussing all the options and all the different permutations all all the way through is that we still don't really know anything everything is really up in the air there are so many uncertainties that it's it's anybody's guess what happens I mean there's still only probably a couple of options but which one that is it's uh, you know you might as well toss a coin and I think as you said earlier that there's potentially another option that we just haven't thought about that's going to change what what happens, whether it extends it, delays it, uh, or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's anyone's guess. And that's that's the theme of Brexit and has been for the last two years, isn't it? Well, hopefully that's enough Brexit for at least a few weeks. We'll be back on a, another timeless topic again next week. Thank you for listening in. You can find us on iTunes, on Podbean, Player FM, on the website itself, soundingboard.com. You can go and listen there. You can subscribe in all these places. And you can view our blog on soundingboard.com. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for listening.